What South American city was once the capital of a European country? Seven actors portrayed James Bond as 007 in the movies. Name those seven actors. Answers to those and other questions coming up in this episode of The Off-Ramp with Bob and Marsha Smith. Welcome to the off-ramp, a chance to slow down, steer clear of crazy, take a side road to sanity, and get some perspective on life. Well, Marcia, what South American city once was the capital of a European country? Not the capital of a South American country, the capital of a European country. Well, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> you need to know history. Oh, well, I get. Well, is it because England was there and or France or something, and they claimed it for their own, or Spain, and they said this is uh, our country and our capital? Similar to what you're saying here, mm -hmm. Brazil was once part of Portugal, the vast colonial empire of Portugal. From 1808 to 1820, Rio de Janeiro served as the capital of the Kingdom of Portugal. That's because Napoleon was conquering Europe, and he was planning to join Spain in an invasion of Portugal and divide up its land. So the uh, monarchy moved to South America to really? save themselves. Yeah, Save yourselves. Yeah. Okay. The All Portuguese right. royal family moved out of Lisbon and across the Atlantic, and uh, they were there from uh, 1808 to 1821. And then after Napoleon was defeated, they went back. Oh. And when the Portuguese royal family left Rio de Janeiro, Brazil became independent after more than 300 years of colonial rule. Huh. Fascinating. But Rio de Janeiro is no longer the capital. So what's the capital of Brazil today? I don't know. Brazilia. <laughs> you know, I thought of that and didn't say it out loud. Yeah, that was a city that was formed. Okay, all right. That was in 1960 when that Brasilia, because I've seen that and read it, and I didn't say it. So Rio de Janeiro was once the capital of a European empire. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, I'm today all into old school pop culture trivia, Bob. All right. Okay, and I'm just going to dazzle you uh, with... Uh, all your brilliance. I'm going to let my knowledge fill the room. Okay. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. I can see it. <laughs> can you name the very first James Bond movie? Was that Dr. No? It was. that was. the first one? It and was. that was 1962? Or? 63. 63. With who starred... Sean Connery. That's right. Or as we say, Sean Connery. <laughs> My mouth is full of marbles, Sean <laughs> That's Connery. That's right. And there were seven actors total that portrayed this iconic 007 character. Can you name the seven actors? Well, Sean Connery, yeah. George Lazenby was one. How did you know? That was the one I was... That's a famous one. Roger Moore was yeah. another one. Yes. Uh, Daniel Craig. Correct. And then there's three more, right? Correct. Okay, so uh, uh, one of those is Pierce Brosnan, didn't Correct. he play it? Correct. And I don't know who the other one is. Timothy Dalton. Hmm. And David Niven. David Niven. Yes. And you know, they all played, except for George Lazenby, in more than one 007 movie. He was the only one that did one. And his movie was called On Her Majesty's Service. But Lazaby quit even before the premiere 
because he said he could get other acting roles and that the 14-page contract was too demanding on him. And we know all those other major movies he did. No, we don't. Well, he went on to real estate. (laughs) (laughs) And he did a couple little parodies nobody ever heard of, of the Bond film. And that was it for his film career. Now, the latest Bond film is in theaters right now. That's why I got in this uh, wormhole. It's Daniel Craig. It's called No Time to Die. Mm-hmm. And quote, nothing can prepare you for the epic conclusion. Okay. Which I think I know what it is, but I won't ruin it for our well, throngs Well, I, I of hope listeners. not. Nobody would want to do that. Yeah, I'll, I, afterwards I'll tell you what I think happens. Okay, I have a question for you on geography, Marcia. Yes. What U.S. state has more rainbows than any other? Well, isn't that a fascinating question? More rainbows. So you got to have rain. Is it uh, by any chance Hawaii? Yes, it is, Ta-da! as a matter of fact. Yeah. Hey, Marcia. I had states I was going to give you, and I was going to ask you if it was Florida or California or Louisiana or Hawaii, but... It is Hawaii, and it's known as the Rainbow State. Is it really? Yeah, and it's all because of the geography. It's out there in the middle of the ocean, subtropical climate. The mountainous uh, topography keeps the rain clouds on one side, so you get perfect viewing on another. Well, heck, just uh, when we were there, it seems to me, you know, it rained a little bit, and the sun was out. Oh, yeah. perfect Frequent rain showers and then clear skies every day. Yeah. Pretty much. It was. Yeah. Okay. What famous TV star played professional baseball for the Chicago Cubs in 1951. What famous TV star uh-huh. played for the Chicago Cubs in 1951? Uh-huh. This is He was a star of a program I think you watched when you were a little boy. Not Gunsmoke. No, but you're in the right genre. Oh, so it was a cowboy. Oh, I bet it. Oh, I know it was. It was um, Cliff. Nope. Wasn't Cliff? <laughs> I don't Think know. The Rifleman. That's who I was thinking about. Chuck Connors. Chuck Connors. There yeah. we go. Yeah, he played the Rifleman from '58 and '63. You watched that show, didn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I even had a Rifleman rifle. He had that thing of you could uh, oh. you kind of cocked it with with the handle. Did you ever see that show? Yeah. Yeah, he had a big ring at the bottom of his rifle. Oh really? And that's how you shut the gun. Oh, that's how the show opened too, didn't it? Yeah. Right. Okay, I have an entertainment question, but it's a, a president, okay? Okay. What U.S. president originally intended to become a concert violinist? And he often performed music for oh. guests in the White oh, House. Oh, 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 oh. I know this. I did know. Well, it wasn't uh, Roosevelt, was it? No. Teddy, I'm talking. Mm-mm. No. I don't know. No, why. he would have conducted the orchestra. Yeah, he, he would have. Okay, tell me. John Tyler. He considered a career as a concert violinist, but he decided to follow his father's advice and study law. So he often played music for guests at the White House, and he devoted the later years of his life to perfecting his skill at violin and fiddle. And uh, when he was sculpted in bronze as part of a president's memorial in South Dakota, he was depicted with his violin. Didn't know that at all. Thought I did, but no. Okay, you remember the TV series Marcus Welby, MD? Yes, I do. I didn't watch that, but I remember. Oh, you didn't? Okay, but you should. That was Robert Young, and that was right after he did The Father Knows Best. That's right. It was Robert Young. But what was the name of the young doctor who hung around with him all the time? Not his real name? Yeah, you know his real name? Gosh, I forget him now. He's a handsome young guy. Yeah. Isn't he Barbara Streisand's husband? Yes. James Brolin? That's correct. But I can't remember what his... Uh... And he is also the father of Thanos. 
you know who that is? That's Josh Brolin, that big monster in the Avengers. Yeah, movie. right, right. <laughs> but right. his name in the show was Dr. Steve Kiley. Why would I know that? Well, if you watch the show, <laughs> you, you know, and it was in reruns for 2,000 years. So. I guess that's true. So, uh, but anyway, that's it. Uh, James Brolin, Steve Kiley, and Thanos. Okay, here's okay. an interesting question for you, uh, and it's entertainment, but it is architecture, okay? Okay. What great architect's son gave us the Hollywood Bowl? What great architect's son designed the Hollywood Bowl? I don't know that many architects. Uh, well, he's know. a very famous one. You would know his name. Oh, where we happened to be at his house It's once? Bill Schwartz. <laughs> no. Were we, is this, did we yes, we were go, at his house. Okay, that was uh, Wright, Frank Lloyd. Frank Lloyd Wright. And his son, Lloyd Wright, designed an acoustical shell for a natural canyon amphitheater for a 1916 Shakespearean production of Julius Caesar. Uh -huh. And that is the amphitheater. It was preserved and improved upon and eventually reworked into the Hollywood Bowl. Which is a very cool place. So the very first performance there was a hundred and, well, 105, six years wow. ago. I didn't know that was his son. Yeah, his son designed it. So the first performance of the Hollywood Bowl was a theater performance of Shakespeare, May 19th, 1916. Okay. Well, here's a question in my pop culture corner. Okay. In silent film, who was the It Girl? Clara Bow. That's correct. Why was she called the It Girl? Because it signified sex appeal. That was what they called it. They didn't want to say sex. It was against the law to even talk about the word. <laughs> Well, it was actually the name of the movie. Oh, no kidding. The it Girl, yeah. The movie was called It, Just It. And she played the silent film version of Eleanor Glynn's novel of the same name. And it personified a woman, vivacious, emancipated flapper of the 1920s. You know, you always know she's the It Girl, but I didn't know the movie was called It. I didn't either. And that's uh, like Kleenex. She became synonymous with the title. <laughs> with it. How about that? Okay, Marcia, since we're talking movies, what did the term movies originally apply to? It wasn't the films. Was it uh, automobiles that moved, moved the movies? No. The, the guys who moved the furniture out of your house? Originally, movies applied to people working in films, not to the films themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. So in the little but pretty affluent town of Hollywood, people who worked in films were called movies. Oh, he's a movie. She's a movie. Oh, be darn. And the movies were looked down upon by the higher society originally oh. in Los Angeles. They were barred from the best clubs and the best neighborhoods along with Jews and black people. Huh. No movies here. <laughs> <laughs> who knew that, huh? Oh, yeah. Okay. In the 1967 movie, The Odd Couple, mm -hmm. Walter Matthau played Oscar Madison. Mm -hmm. Do you remember who played Felix Unger? Yes, that was uh, Tony Randall. No, wait a minute. No. No, that was TV. That's right, TV. It was um, oh, famous 50s and 60s actor. He played in The Apartment. Jack, That's right. Jack. Um, yeah. Oh, Jack. He's not a lime. What? Jack Lemon. <laughs> Jack Lemon, yes, okay. That was such well, a great film. I remember it seeing was. that. Let's watch that again. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Remember, they, they redid it again recently on TV, and Matthew Perry played Yeah, we, uh, it was actually Oscar. pretty good, I thought. It wasn't it, bad. It didn't last long. Well, it lasted a couple of years, and was, that was it. Okay, Marcia, education. 
Where was the first school in the United States? And I'll give you four cities, okay? Okay. Annapolis, New Haven, Philadelphia, or Boston? I'll say New Haven. New Haven, Connecticut. Not the first city in the United States. <laughs> okay, second? What? Annapolis? Yeah. Annapolis? No. <laughs> All right, Tal. You got two more. Wait, Boston. That's it. Uh, you I'm... got it. Yeah, Boston. Founded April 23rd, 1635. It was the Boston Latin School. It's still in business. It's the oldest really? known school established in the United States, originally a public secondary school for boys, taught Greek, Latin, and the humanities, and was primarily for college prep. It didn't become co-ed until 1972. Oh, for God's sake. Isn't that amazing? 72. This, what, a, uh, what a tradition of education in that city. The school has been relocated several times. It remains open today, teaching grades 7 through 12 in the Fenway neighborhood, near Fenway yeah. Park. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of its most famous alumni include Samuel Adams, John Hancock, and it had a very famous dropout. Any idea who that might have been? No. Ben Franklin. Oh, really? (laughs) Wow, what a dropout. (laughs) I would like a word with Hancock's uh, writing teacher. Okay. (laughs) Your penmanship's a little too large. Your penmanship teacher. What are you trying to do, advertise for an insurance company or something? Just a little much. That's what I always thought. Here, Bob. Yeah. I'd be curious if you know this answer. Okay. The pseudonyms Simon Crum and Terry Preston were used by what country singer? Simon Crum? <laughs> that was the name of a country singer at one it, time? His pseudonym. I don't know if he, how pen, he used Probably it. a pen name or something. Yeah. Simon something. Crum and what's the Terry other Terry Preston. Terry Preston. Simon Crum. <laughs> Well, that sounds like a Charles Dickens character. <laughs> it does. I, Simon Crumb. Yes, no, he, I, I don't okay. know who that would be. Okay, I, I don't even know if you know this guy, but I suspect you do. Furlan Husky. Yes, yes, Furlan Husky. Another great name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I would have stayed with Simon Crumb. <laughs> he sang the most, the one I know is The Wings of a Dove. Yes. How does it go? On the wings of a snow white dove, I send you my sweet... Oh. Are you rolling your eyes at me, Mister? No, no, I'm not rolling my eyes. <laughs> He's been dead for about ten years. Yeah, just so you know. Okay, here's a movie question: Which Walt Disney character got his voice from a former circus clown? Oh, now think of all the Disney cartoon characters who has a kind of a funny voice. Uh, oh, Elmer Fudd. That's he's not true, Disney. only he's... He's he was, Looney Tunes. That was Looney Tunes. That was Warner yeah. Brothers. Yeah, okay. All right. Sorry, sorry. This guy, you'd go... If he fell or something... Oh, was it Daffy Duck? No, he wasn't. Why don't you let me give you a clue? Or you can keep saying Warner Brothers characters, which they're not, okay? <laughs> okay, this guy would go, ah, hoo-hoo-hoo. Oh, yeah. Oh, the guy, uh, Roadrunner? No. Ah, hoo-hoo-hoo. Oh, the guy with the hat? No, the, I'll tell you who it is. Yeah. Goofy. Oh, really? The talking dog. The talking dog. It was weird to see Goofy and Pluto in the cartoon together when one dog would stand upright and talk and the other one couldn't. (laughs) (laughs) Did they both wear pants? No. Okay. Only Goofy. (laughs) Yeah. His voice was done by Pinto Kolvik, who was a former circus clown and a musician and a member of the Walt Disney gag team. Mm. So that's an obscure little question here. Which Walt Disney character was inspired by a milkman who entertained children on his milk route? doing funny voices. Uh, okay. I don't know. Now, this guy's nickname was Ducky. Was it? Yeah. It wasn't uh, Daffy. No, that was the wrong. <laughs> again, not again a- Warner Brothers. <laughs> no. 
This was Donald Duck. Was it Donald? He was inspired by Clarence Ducky Nash, who was a Los Angeles milkman who was discovered by Walt Disney. He was a milkman who entertained children on his route doing <laughs> animal animal imitations. Very good, Bob. One of those imitations evolved into Donald Duck's quack and made his voice known throughout the world. Mm-hmm. So he was hired to do the voice of Donald Duck in all these cartoons. But he was a milkman who entertained kids. Named Ducky, who also worked on NCIS as a... No, no, worked, no, 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 no. Oh, you're okay. so confused. All right. <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Off-Ramp with Bob. And Marsha. Smith. It was a mortician, right? No, no, no. No, Ducky on NCIS? No, he's a medical examiner. Oh, yeah. That's a big difference. Yeah. Oh, Medical dear. examiner. We'll be back. Okay, we're back again. <laughs> Bob and Marsha Smith with The Off-Ramp. Marsha? It's World Series playoff time right now, Bob. And what player, not really known for his pitching, pitched 29 and two-thirds scoreless innings in World Series play? When was this? A while back. You can't tell me a date? Way back. You can't tell me a decade? The 1918s. (laughs) Oh, for God's sake. How would I know? Because you know who this is. Really? Yeah. A baseball player from 1918, would it be Babe Ruth, possibly? Yes, it is. Who was known for hitting, right? Right. But I knew he was a pitcher, too. Yes, which always amazed me that he had such uh, ability in both areas. But he <laughs> that record uh, for 29 and two-thirds innings uh, stood until 1961 when it was broken by Whitey Ford. But he did that during the World Series, so that was pretty exciting back in the day. That's amazing that it lasted that long. Yeah, that too. Well, Marcia, speaking of baseball, what famous baseball player almost replaced Johnny Weissmuller as Tarzan? A baseball player? Somebody I know? Somebody you've heard of. Everybody's heard of this guy. He was a teammate of Babe Ruth. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Who played? With, with, I don't know. Tiger. The man who said, I'm oh, the luckiest man. man in the world. Yeah, yes. that was a fame. Oh, gosh. They named a disease yes, after him. Yes, I know. I'm thinking, what's the disease? Isn't that terrible? My goodness, how many clues do I have to give you? I up? know the answer. No, it's not Mr. Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. That's what I was going to say. It's Fred Alzheimer. No. <laughs> Yes, Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig, uh, at one time he was considered as a replacement for Johnny Weissmuller, but the movie deal fell through. Lou Gehrig did appear in at least one movie, though. He was in the 1937 movie Rawhide. Now, Rawhide later went on to inspire a TV series. But unfortunately, the film was panned by nearly all the critics of the day, but the title lived on. But uh, Lou Gehrig was, uh, could have been, possibly, a Johnny Weissmuller, huh. uh, you know, a, a Tarzan character. And speaking of Michael Douglas. What? You know, we, we've When been, did we talk about Michael Douglas? I'm doing it right now. An amusing transition. No, no it wasn't amusing. <laughs> it wasn't amusing at all. Okay. So we enjoy Michael Douglas in uh, the Kaminsky Method, which ran the last couple of years, which was pretty funny and is over now. But he was a star... Of what TV series? The Streets of San Francisco. In the 1970s. The Let me give you a Francisco. clue. It was in California. <laughs> oh, the Streets of San Francisco. Okay. Did you ever watch that show? No. Oh, I did. I liked it. Did you? Yeah. Think it was good? Yeah, and he was hot, so I watched it for that. I see. Okay. All right, Marcia, what was the first national park in the UK? I ask you this because you've been there. To this park? Yeah. In the UK? Yep. 
would it be? Now, our national parks all over the world, not just in the United States. Yes. Every yes. major country has a national park Does system. Sherlock Holmes go there in his stories? Uh, he did go there. Yeah. Uh, I, did, I don't think they called it that because it only became a national park in 1951. Oh, okay, tell me. It was the Peak District. Oh, the, the Peak District in Derbyshire. No, I did not know that. All right, another question on parks. This is exciting and interesting, <laughs> fun and enjoyable. <laughs> Are you going to amaze and amuse I'm me? going to amaze and amuse you. Okay. What country has the most national parks? This is kind of surprising. United States? No. Switzerland? China? Or Australia? Australia. Yeah, it is. Australia. It's amazing. Australia has more national parks than any other country, three times as many as its closest competitor. Wow. How many total? They have 685 national parks. Well, good for them. Second is China with 208, followed by Thailand with 138. India has 102. Okay. Good day, mate. Question, Bob. Yes. Who is the only actress to win an Academy Award for both Best Actress and Composer of the Best Song? Not at the same time, but... Barbara Streisand. Very good. You know what they were? The Way We Were. No. That's the song, isn't it? No. Oh, what's the song? The song was Evergreen, which she wrote for A Star is Born. Okay. And she won her Best Actress Award for one we just watched. The first movie she was in. Funny Girl. Yeah. Yeah, and we enjoyed seeing that again. That was fun. We? That was fun seeing it yeah. again. Yeah. I'd be curious to see if you get this one, Robert. Okay. Clint Eastwood sang the song, I Talk to the Trees, in what movie? I'm sorry, but I know the answer. Oh, shoot. How the West Was Won. <laughs> no, not at all, Bob. Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't How the West Was Won? No, no, no. What was it? Paint Your Wagon. Paint Your Wagon. Okay, that's right. Did you ever see that? Yep, I did. You did? Mm-hmm. Well, let's see if you get this one. The song is called It Keeps Right On a Hurtin'. Who sang it? Johnny Tillotson. Very good. You did interview him once? Yes, yes. He was a very pleasant guy, fun guy from Florida, as a matter yes. of fact. I had his 45s when I was a little girl. Okay, oh, yes. And Send Me the Pillow That You Dream On was another thing he did. I'll send you, I'll send you the no, pillow. No, no, that was the name of the oh, song. Oh, okay. For, oh. <laughs> Sounded like a threat from you, Mark. <laughs> it did. I'll it? send you the pillow. Do you remember the song, Just an Old Fashioned Love Song? Yes, I do. Who wrote it? I thought it was Hoyt Axton wrote that. Who wrote it? Paul Williams. Oh, really? Little yes. little Paul Williams. Oh, I'm sure he'd appreciate that well, diminutive reference. Well, he was a small guy. But he wrote a lot of stuff. Speaking of small guys, in the movies, one of the famous film actors, not a tall man, but a very virile man, uh, women loved him, Errol Flynn. Yes. His first American movie appearance was so small, it wasn't <laughs> even a walk-on part. What did he play? Well, he did it behind the scenes. What, is he just a voiceover? I'm asking you. Was he a puppet? I'm asking you. <laughs> okay, uh, puppet. No, no. Errol Flynn's first American movie appearance wasn't even a walk-on. He played a corpse. Oh, it was a rollout. <laughs> okay, it was a rollout. A corpse resting in peace in a marble slab in oh, a really? 1934 film called The Case of the Curious Bride. Really? Yeah. What, year, what year was that? 1934. Wow. Well, we got a lot of classic movie questions today, Marcia. We do. Music, uh, songs, TV. It's all here on Marsha's Pop Culture oh, Corner. Oh, dear. What are you starting your own podcast now? <laughs> God. It's coming up next week. Marsha Smith is... <laughs> Okay, here's a question for you. There was a film, I don't know if you ever heard of this film, called Double Dynamite. 
It had nothing to do with explosives, but the title did advertise something in the movie. Double Dynamite. What did it advertise? <laughs> what year? 1951. No. Double Dynamite, Marsha. What did it advertise? What did it, well, dynamite? No, no. it no. advertised Jane Russell. <laughs> <laughs> What's the double stand for, Bob? Uh, well, um, it, uh, the film had nothing to do with dynamite. It starred Russell and Frank Sinatra and Groucho Marx. Should have been interesting well, to see that one. Well, there's a threesome. I'd like to look that one up on Netflix. And Howard Hawks gave the film the title because he thought it was a clever way to refer to Miss Russell's chest. Yes, well, <laughs> it's so sad. I can't imagine the interactions of those three actors. That's quite a cast. What, did Groucho Marx get the girl in this? You bet your life. <laughs> no, I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> okay, Marcia, this is a sports question. Listen carefully to this, okay? <laughs> Always, Bob. The original sport of tennis didn't use rackets. What did it use? Really? Yeah. Well, now, this is in France, okay? Uh-huh. Were they sticks, boards, cups, or hands? Sticks. Sticks. Boards, actually. They were like, uh, you know, paddle boards. Is it sticks or boards, Marsh? Uh, boards. Wrong. <laughs> Is it sticks, Marcia? It's sticks. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no. Originally, it was called jus de palme. Oh. J-E-U de palme, P-A-U-M-E. Palm meaning the palm of your hand. Oh. Yeah. It began with the simplest racket imaginable, the human hand, and this was an old game originally developed in the 11th or 12th centuries, eventually adopted rackets, and the name jus de palme, or game of the palm, stuck around a long time. So it's a handy reference for remembering where the game came from. It's like handball. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I had no idea. Yes. Charlie Chaplin. Okay. One, one of your faves. Of oh, my all-time favorites, yes. Yes. What was the name of Charlie Chaplin's movie where his voice was first heard? Okay. That was The Great Dictator. That was a spoof of Adolf Hitler. Very famous film. That is, but it's wrong. What? Yes, it is. You know the movie Modern Times? 1936, you were there. Yeah. <laughs> no, I wasn't there, but... It was a film written and directed by Chaplin, and it was called by one critic, Another Hilarious, Rowdy Success. And actually, it is a silent film. This is his last gig as The Little Tramp. But he plays a waiter, and he sings a song in mock Italian gibberish. Oh, no kidding. And that's the first time okay, his so voice Okay, so the first time his heard. voice was heard. Yeah, I love losing on a technicality. Yeah, okay. me too. I, I like <laughs> getting you to lose on a technicality. Okay. All I'll, right. I'll accept it. Okay. Want me to wrap it up with a quote? Sounds good. Okay. By advice columnist Ann Landers. Ah, the famous Ann Landers. Uh, Late great. You always do that voice. This is Ann Landers. <laughs> She's talking like that. That's right. This is a quote on love, and I like it. She says, love is friendship that has caught fire. It is quiet understanding, mutual confidence, sharing, and forgiving. It is loyalty through good times and bad. Friendship that's caught fire. That is a great phrase right yeah. there. That uh -huh. alone. I was really going to leave it at that, but then yeah. I got all weepy over the rest of the quote. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really good. Good uh -huh. job there. Good job, Marsh. Uh -huh. All right. We'd like to invite you to send us any questions you have, and uh, you want us to uh, to spark a friendship? Yeah. Oh, no. If, if you want us to uh, pose a question for one or the other, you can send them to us by going to our website. Theofframp.show. Scroll down to Contact, Contact us. us and leave us your question, the answer, the source, and where you're from. All right. Well, that's it for today. 
I'm Bob Smith. And I'm Marsha. Join us again next time when we return with more trivia on The The Off-Ramp. The Off-Ramp is produced in association with CPL Radio Online and the Cedarbrook Public Library, Cedarbrook, Wisconsin.